0: to another episode of Not This, the podcast that seeks to deconstruct fear-based belief patterns and systems with curiosity and love. I'm your host, Tina Marie Olson, and this week's episode is called How to Talk to Your Parents About Politics. As you know, I don't normally have such wordy and verbose titles, but at the same time, I was like, how do people find this if this is just literally their question? I'm releasing this on Thanksgiving Day, and therefore there's a whole month of ho- potential holiday gatherings, and things are still maybe not as tense as they were election week, but still pretty damn tense, especially if you had some knockdown, dragout fights election week, and now this is the first time you're going to have to like sit across a table from them hey man, if it were me and Thanksgiving was going to turn into a disaster, I would rather it be throwing food <laughs> than throwing insults and fighting about politics, right? So here's my take on the question, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you learn something. I'd love for you to share what comes up for you, and as always, I'm sending you so much love. Thank you so much for joining me today. My very favorite kind of episodes are the ones where I get a request to talk about something because otherwise... I am in everyday life, kind of feeling into the common themes and the common energy that it seems like people are navigating, or what feels super present to be shared, and that's glorious. And also, when someone says, hey, can you do an episode about fill in the blank? I'm like, yes. Yes, I can. And sometimes that takes a few weeks to brew. This one... I feel like it's exactly that. I think it has taken a couple weeks to brew and become ripe. And brewing and ripening, I don't think are the same analogy, but that's okay. (laughs) I know you forgive me already. So today's question is, how do we talk to our parents about politics? And as soon as I say that, You know the energy, you can feel into the energy that this is coming from, right? It's a whole, it's an observational energy. So it might not be literal for the person that asked it. It might be her own experience of seeing the common themes and navigating the energies that are super present right now. And also, it is a very real and a very literal question for many So before we get started with any sort of an attempt at a quote-unquote answer, or more likely a curious exploration of what's inside of us, let's put our hands on our heart and breathe. Breathe forgiveness into the fact that we as humans haven't figured this out yet, acceptance that the discomfort level and the amount of discord and dissonance in our political atmosphere right now is extreme and intense and honor that it's necessary. I feel like for a long time during my life, politics didn't really matter to the masses, to the collective. There was a separation. There were those who cared about or were passionate about politics, and then there was kind of everybody else. And what this time has done for us as a culture is it has awakened us to the necessity Of us paying attention to what is being governed on behalf of all of us. So, politics is that word has kind of been attached with an amount of disdain, with the bureaucratic systems that word is like oh so mucky and so yucky that we encounter often in day-to-day life. As an example I just got a postcard for jury duty in California. I don't live in California anymore and I don't know if this was naive or if most people would assume this when I registered for a driver's license and surrendered my license in Illinois and registered to vote there and all the things I kind of just assumed that the other side, that California would be somehow, I don't know, notified or taken care of, uh, I've since learned through receiving all the renewals for the car, (laughs) the driver's license, all the things that there isn't such communication between states. And of course, on a macro level, that's not surprising. Look at how COVID has been handled. Every state for their own. And this stuff matters to us. We, in the U.S., think of ourselves as citizens of the United States. And that has a certain meaning to it, whether we're super consciously aware or able to describe that or not. There's a certain ideology, there's a certain belief system that each and every one of us associates with this country that may or may not actually be what's truest of this country. And it may or may not actually be the same. Obviously, I'd venture to say it's quite different. The values that we associate and whether or not we're living up to those values is basically what's at stake right now. And so people feel really strongly about what they're feeling and about the rightness, quote unquote, of all of it. For many people, they're learning their political voice. They're learning what matters to them and how to speak it to others. They're wanting to be a part of a conversation and whether that conversation is making sure their ballot gets cast at the presidential election, whether that conversation has taken them into city government or into committees of local schools or something that matters very personally or whether that conversation has stayed at home in the family or in the house. like All of that matters because we're all citizens of this planet and The U.S. is in a unique position that we, rightly or wrongly, have been considered a world leader. And therefore, what we do, the entire world is watching. Whether we take a stand on climate change and work to be more creative and more resourceful and bring cleaner technologies forward. People are watching. And guess what? They're not waiting for us to go first. I've really loved the series called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. And I think there's five or so episodes, but each episode they go to a different country, a different place that's solving different problems related to our Earth. And Paris has a whole system where they have been able to filter their water while keeping the mineral content that's healthy. And any person walking down the street who has a reusable bottle in their hand has access to this healthy, clean water. And in some locations, it's even sparkling. which just jazzes me up so much. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. We can think, if we are cynical, we can think of politics as something a bunch of people get paid a lot of money to do and lobbyists pay, you know, a lot, lot, lot of money. to get their opinions heard and included in bills and things that don't even relate to the thing that they're lobbying to, but they sneak it in there and we know all this, right? And we can stay really cynical with that. We can say that all these politicians are corrupt. They all take big dollars. None of them are about morals or values, no matter what those morals or values are. All of them have lost the plot. They're all in it for a career, and they all then gerrymander their way into making sure that they don't ever have to look for another job again. I'm not going to tell you whether or not those things are quote unquote true. I'm going to let you decide for yourself. Which, duh, obviously you're deciding everything for yourself, but I, I guess what I was getting at there is I'm not going to give an opinion about all that. But what I am going to say is nothing is one way. And there are a lot of men and women who are still leaving their own district, their own friends, their own extended families and going to Washington Every time Congress is in session, and however long they need to be there to do their homework before or after, who are well past retirement age, or are maybe just beginning their careers. But they really give a fuck. And you know this because they're some of the ones who infuriate you most. And no, I'm not saying... That just because somebody gives a fuck, if they infuriate you, that we should just let them run rampant. Not at all. But what I am saying is, I think there's more to the story than all the cynicism that we're sold. Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime, I I happened, of course, nothing's by accident, to read this the week before George Floyd was murdered. And of course it reawakened in me all of the social justice feels, all of the next deeper layer of passion and understanding and compassion and sacred rage. And if you're not familiar with Trevor Noah's story, he was born in South Africa during apartheid. And the one tidbit I want to share is how cleanly and clearly he noted that the minority, the white people were an extreme minority and yet they were able to control the black population through fear and manipulation and putting each different group of people against each other. So in South Africa, there are many different languages spoken. There are many different tribes of origin. There's many different communities and cultures that people identify with. And all of those were subjugated to this very minority white population. Let me pause. If you are white and you are listening to this and you're starting to get defensiveness or guilt or shame, hard no. We're going to do some healing on that right now. And here's why you were born the way you were born, (laughs) the color of skin, that your soul chose you to come in this incarnation. You carrying around guilt or shame, which are synthetic vibrations created to take human's power away only paradoxically keeps you as the oppressor because it keeps you in the battle of scarcity. And as long as you are in the battle with scarcity, On some level, you will believe that anything other than you is a threat and other might come in the form of a boss who looks just like you. Some of the most brutal people to each other because of this scarcity and fear are women leaders in the corporate world. We have had our own biggest fears manipulated and turned against us so that we lose our power we lose our light because guess what people are who are in their power and in their light and full of love they're unfucking stoppable and it's not fueled by anger or rage it's fueled by divine intention it's fueled by alignment and integrity and a truth and a knowing that who you are and why you're here you are here is fucking magical and is not to be stopped by anyone or anything at any time. And that comes from a place of pure joy and divine spark within you. So no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, if you would like to rid yourself of guilt and shame regarding this scarcity and this fear that we are all swimming in, just say yes, I'm going to go ahead and cut all of those cords between you and whether you want to call it the 3D matrix, whether you want to call it capitalist society. (laughs) And if any fear arises, don't worry, we'll give you downloads so you do know how to be your true full self and you know that it's safe. So would you like to cut your cords from shame? Would you like to cut your cords from guilt? Would you like to cut your cords from scarcity? Would you like to know what it feels like to live the truth of who you are? Would you like to know that it's safe to be the full and complete truth of who you are and why you came here? Would you like to know that your magic, whatever that is, is here for you and the entire world? Would you like to know that it's safe and it's necessary to live in your light? That we need you in your light. Would you like to know that you will be loved even more? Not because others actually love you more, they love you completely right now, but because you can feel it and receive it in its fullness. (sighs) We are not playing that game with that paradigm anymore we're done. We're done. We're passionate. We're going to figure out solutions. We're going to be super fucking creative. We're going to create from a place of synergy where everything that's knowing that everything that's good for me is quantum. It's good for me. It's good for my loved ones. It's good for my neighbors and my entire country and the world and the physical earth and the cosmos, that when I come from a place of my true soul center, the ripples are so expansive. They touch every corner of this universe and beyond things that we don't even have noble language for. I was thinking the other day about how inherently limited the human mind is. Because think about some of the words that we have with the most expansion in them. Expansion is actually a really good one. It just describes expansion. But infinite. Infinite. Finite. Limited. Unlimited. Unlimited. We try to explain these things of vastness. And we have to use words that are compared to the smallness. The contraction, the finite, the limit. Okay, so how do we talk to our parents about politics? This is a three-parter. <laughs> so you get to self-identify which category you're in regarding whatever topic comes up. So You might be in one category for politics. You might be in a very, very different category about a very different topic that matters deeply to your family. So here's the three categories. One, back away from the vehicle. (laughs) Number two, own it. Number three, offer to drive. Okay. So back away from the vehicle. If you've heard my prior episodes, you've heard me talk about this bridge analogy that I am just in love with and obsessed with right now because humanity is on the bridge. We're on some part of the bridge. We are either crowded up in Toll Plaza traffic, aka feeling really stuck, suffering a lot, hoping that we're about to have a breakthrough, but some people probably don't even know what the traffic's for. Some people might not even be able to see the toll plaza up ahead. And then the second stage is being on the bridge. You're flowing again, but you're in between land masses. It's not somewhere you can stay. It's somewhere you use to get from point A to point B. And by the way, being on a bridge could both simultaneously be terrifying and glorious and beautiful at the same time, right? And then the third Step is unity. You're on the other side. You're one. You know you're one with everyone and everything. And that oneness permeates down into even the most practical particulars of your everyday life. So, back away from the vehicle is when you're stuck in the traffic, when you're in the toll plaza. This is what it might look like. I'm so fucking pissed at my father for being a Trump supporter. I'm pissed that all he'll do is watch Fox News. He won't do any of his own research. Oh, by the way, when you start asking questions about what said dad is doing with the rest of his time, oh, nothing. There's no work right now, or he's retired. He sits in front of the TV all day. It just gets worse and worse every time I see him. That's a problem, right? It's not a problem because of who he supports. It's not a problem because of what he chooses to consume but it's a problem because it's an addiction. And an addiction is always inherently a coping mechanism. The alcohol is never the root of the problem. It's the way that somebody is trying to cope the very best that they know how. The Fox News on repeat all day long is not the problem in and of itself. It adds to the problem because the way of coping is not actually helping the person come into more of their own alignment or their own health. It's delivering information that is based on limited perspective. And that limited perspective tends to limit that human being who's consuming it even more. And my belief is that this life isn't about listening to anybody else. Yes, use the teachers that you find thoroughly enjoyable, enthralling, expansive, use it as an invitation to come home to even more of you. Not coming home to the aversion of reality, not letting them script who they are on your behalf. No, of course not. We're expanding into more of who we truly are. So here's why This person is back away from the vehicle when it comes to politics, because if you come at them with toll plaza energy, in other words, you're stuck in traffic. You're already pissed. You're already annoyed at everything else that's going on in life. And as a matter of fact, you have found in a way, the person to blame Trump for how awful life is right now, then you are bringing the same energy to them that they're already receiving. Except what they're receiving on Fox News actually gives them a sense of relief. The alcohol bottle actually makes them feel a bit better while they're consuming it. And so all you're doing by trying to rip away the bottle, you're not healing the wound, you're just taking the coping mechanism away and criticizing the coping mechanism. And the whole reason that a person would choose a coping mechanism in the first place it's not conscious it's not conscious they're just trying to survive and the fear-based part of their brains have taken over so they're in fight or flight so you also can't rationalize with them and this is where a lot of political conversations over the dinner table happen in this rationalization zone there's no heart it's all head it's facts How many times have you heard somebody say, no matter how often I give them the facts, they just won't listen. They just won't change. They're brainwashed. Yeah, because this is the thing. What they're being fed is serving a different part of them than what you're trying to get at. And so it's like, this is so corny, but it's like an apple trying to make orange juice. It just isn't going to happen. It's just, it's, it's a miss. And I'm going to keep using the same scenario throughout these three examples. So stay with me because this is about you more than it's about them. If you are at the toll plaza and you feel you can self-identify, yeah, I feel stuck. I feel like life with Corona is terrible. And this isn't a judgment. This is a self-assessment. It's looking in the mirror and being super honest. And knowing that my dad, my mom, my uncle, whomever voted for Trump is so triggering to me that I can't have a loving Thanksgiving meal with them. Then you do want to avoid the political discussion. You just want to back away from the vehicle because you have work to do. To be the person that you truly want to be in the world. There is a chasm between where you currently are and where your soul wants you to be. And it's the reason you're feeling this energy and this trigger so intensely. I know this because I have been plenty of toll plazas in my life. As a matter of fact, I encounter new toll plazas practically every day. But now instead, I know that I have to work on the energy within me instead of following the trigger to the place it's trying to take me. Because the trigger is just trying to get relieved according to our survival mind. What the trigger on a soul level is actually trying to get you to do is to heal and to come back into alignment. But when the trigger is overtaken by the survival, by the fight, flight, freeze, then the action steps it's asking you to take are all wrong because you're actually okay. I promise. Yes, you might have some painful things to look at. Yes, you might have some big things to heal. Yes, this might be an existential crisis of realizing your parents aren't who you thought they were, or maybe they were. And they've lost their values or the plot somewhere along the way. And it's not again, it's not about who they're voting for. It's about the behavior behind it. It's about a vital life. Looks like somebody getting up and reading a book or exercising or engaging in a hobby or engaging with other people. A vital life isn't about production and a vital life also isn't about sitting and consuming. A vital life is about living. It's about engaging it's about whatever, whatever crazy, quirky thing you feel called to do, no matter who else is in it with you or not. And fuck, I am not saying this is easy. It takes everyday practice. It takes everyday commitment. And if you're thinking to yourself, I don't have the energy. I have kids and now they're Zoom schooling and this and that. And I have work, um, you can't afford to not take the energy. Because the amount of energy you are using to stay in the toll plaza, I know this analogy isn't going to sit quite right, but let it. Let it get under the skin and let it not sit quite right. It's like sitting in an actual toll plaza with the car in park and the engine still on and flooring the gas. You know that car isn't going to go anywhere, but you are spending a fuck ton of fuel and I'm, n- I'm not even going to ask you to trust me on this one. I'm going to ask you one deeper. Look inside of your heart. Do you know who you truly are? Or has that been lost along the way? Because if it's been lost along the way, it's not too late to find it. It never is too late. There's no such thing as too late. I've been reading Matthew McConaughey's memoir called Green Lights. It's awesome. And he said, he got a piece of advice from somebody at one point in time that said, any day I can flip the page and start a new chapter. And you know what? That makes it sound easy. It won't be easy, but the very first step is making the intentional choice. It's why this podcast is called Not This. The very first step is simply saying, not this. And then the second step is being willing to be curious enough to find out what happens after that. If Western medicine isn't working for you, not this, give yourself some space. Greet the emotions as they arise that you've spun your wheels on something that just doesn't fucking working for you and then get curious. If this political system isn't working for you, not this, let some of the energy out, go for a run, and then get curious. How many people have studied who have really strong opinions about how the U.S. should be governed? How many people have studied how other countries are governed? Or did we just all buy the Kool-Aid that said the U.S. was the best, so therefore we must already be doing it the best way? So we're just stuck. because. The best way is fucked up right now, but let's just fight about it. Hint, we're not doing it the best way. There's a lot of countries with big populations and big GDPs and thriving economies that govern themselves differently. It's actually really fascinating to learn about. My personal opinion is that the two-party system's done. It's ended its useful life. When you get to a place of polarity where everybody's just screaming at each other all the time, there's no creativity. When you have many, many, many more parties, guess what they have to do? They have to figure things out together. They actually have to talk. They have to build coalitions. Is that perfect? No. No, I don't think we came here to be perfect. I think we came here to engage and figure things out along the way. Number two. Own it. This is when you're on the bridge. Own where you are. Own your boundaries. Own your open heart. And own the truth, accept the truth of where everybody else involved in the situation is at as well. Own it all. So that might mean you can have a loving conversation about politics. But it might mean that it hurts your heart too much. Because what matters more to you is building really solid family relationships from love. And you're the one who has to come at this open hearted. And it might mean that you can't come at politics open hearted right now. You might have too much in you, you might have too many years of pent up rage in you. That's fine, but own where you're at. So when someone else brings up politics, I bet you'll get a very different response. If you say, you know what? My heart is just hurting too much with all of this right now. I'd really love it if instead We can start going around the table and each one of us say what we're grateful for. That takes a lot of bravery. To move from being in a perpetual logic fight because we somehow think we can change reality so that it can fit back into the mold of where we were comfortable and going to accepting what is right now. And I know you can do it. If you know you're on the bridge, if you've been working on your inner world, on your emotions, if you've been present with what your heart believes to be true, then I know you're strong enough to say, you know what? This really hurts my heart. I don't think I can engage in this. I'd rather, I don't see you that often. I'd rather love you when I see you. And by the way, it's not an accident that Corona is spiking. I mean, to an extreme level right now. If you're listening to this, in the U S it's Thanksgiving week. And I think we topped 180,000 new cases. So there's going to be a lot of families that choose. I know mine is to do Thanksgiving apart. Because we're choosing to be as corona safe as we deem reasonable. And so maybe all of that's actually a really good time out for people to walk away from this political intensity, because do you want to allow what happened in South Africa to happen within your own family? do you want to allow the rhetoric the fear that's being pumped in on 24 hour news to make you not be able to relate to your parents anymore and I'd be willing to bet this is probably just the straw that broke the camel's back I have a feeling that if this is what you're encountering, that there have probably been a lot of other signs too. And maybe things were okay. Maybe at the level in which you've been living and trying to survive, maybe this is the first thing that shook the apple cart enough to have to see all of this in this way. and I'm going to say something really direct here and I don't mean it as a judgment in any way shape or form because I lived completely in my head until I was 33 and a human walked into my life that awoke my heart from a long slumber but I'd be willing to bet that this was not the most heart-centered relationship. And so I would see this as an invitation to be the brave one and start bringing a heart-centered way of being back into your family unit. Maybe things will change, but you don't do it for the change. You do it because you no longer know any other way to live than to be honest about what your body is feeling, and your body doesn't lie. Your head can make up all kinds of things. All of our heads can. I think it's why being a human is such an expansive experience for a soul. So the third one, offer to drive the car. This is when you're on the other side of the bridge. This is when you feel aligned, you feel whole, you feel healed. You're in unity consciousness. And you have a family member who's struggling in any aspect of life. Who's engaging in things that aren't life affirming in any way. So we get to neutralize politics out of this entirely at this point, right? Because it doesn't matter if this human was for Joe Biden or for Donald Trump or for Kanye, (laughs) what you see when you approach the house is somebody who is spending their vital life force energy sitting in front of the television all day, somebody who's capable, if they are of walking, moving their body, reading a book, listening to a podcast, picking up a hobby, learning a language, crocheting, I don't know, playing a guitar. There are so many things we could choose to be doing. And television programs you through the survival mind and sucks your life force energy. Not all television programs do that. But anything that could be watched 24 hours a day is doing that. Because otherwise you just naturally. It's like a deliciously nutritious meal. If you watch a television show. Like I, I've i been telling everybody to walk, watch my octopus teacher. If you watch that documentary and you are not filled up. You are not feeling emotionally satisfied like I mean I guess you I'd say you probably fell asleep if if you aren't feeling filled up and satisfied at the end of it but like it can't help but nourish you it's so nutrient rich for the mind the body the soul it's so enlivening it's so energy-rich, life-affirming, curiosity-inducing. And so if you walk upon a human who you love, and they are sitting in front of a television all day, your offering to drive the car might look something like this, hey dad, I'd love to go for a walk. What interesting conversation might you have on your walk? And guess what? since you're driving the car you get to you get to name the topic because all dad might have might be what he saw on TV that day so introduce some richness introduce a great story about what what you've been creating or what you found fascinating or a book you just read lead by example and Be generous of spirit enough to take the person along with you. And guess what? The hardest part of this, you might get your heart broken over and over and over again. Because this form of heart-to-heart rehab, A, can inherently not be based on an outcome. It's about Gently building positive momentum. It's about gently offering an invitation to more life force energy. And at the end of the day, your loved one may or may not be in a place to take it. I've been through some situations before where someone has been in really, really deep grief. And it can be hard to know if you should still offer your love, your engagement, your desire to spend time with them, when maybe you're not even being just brushed off, maybe you're being ignored. And then I've found out later how incredibly grateful that person or those people were that you never gave up on them because they had given up on themselves and on life. No, it is not your job to put someone on your back, but that's why we're driving cars. (laughs) That's why you've offered to drive. Let it be a car that you love. For me, I'm picturing a Tesla. They can choose whether they want to sit in the front seat or get chauffeured in the back seat. But what joy do you have to bring that you can share with them without trying to change them, without trying to convince them of anything? And guess what? You might get a phone call one day that they're reading a book. And holy shit, that will be cause for celebration. If you enjoy champagne, pop a bottle. If you love running, go on a victory lap. We need each other as humans, but guess what? We all need you to be you first. We have no idea what anybody else's journey or path is. But what we do know is that when each and every one of us is in alignment, we get to experience the magic of one human being. In 7 point whatever billion pieces. So be one of the popcorns that's popping. Be brave enough. If you're in the toll plaza. To say you know what. Not this. I'm going to get curious. About how I can start my journey back to my heart. And if you're on the bridge. Just keep going. One magical step at a time. Healing is spiral. Not all days will be glorious, but you know you'll receive enough rewards along the way that you'll keep going. I know you will. And if most of you or all of you is in unity, then let's start helping the others. They need our love. They need our light. I am sending you so much love. (laughs)